good faith, I tremble still with fear, but if there be yet left in heaven as small a drop of pity as a wren's eye, fear God's a part of it. This is a passage from Shakespeare's play Cymbeline, which was written around 1610, give or take a year or two. It is spoken by the character of Imogen, dressed as the page boy Fidel, when after being drugged by a sleep potion, she wakes in a cave to find the beheaded body of her murderous pursuer, but mistakes him for her lover, because the pursuer is dressed in the lover's clothes. Complicated, huh? Translating the Shakespearean English of the passage, I think it goes something like this. Goodness, I'm still trembling with fear. But if there is a drop of pity as small as a wren's eye still left in heaven, please gods, give me part of it. Hi, I'm Dr. Stan Steindl. And in this video, I'm going to explore Shakespeare, fear, compassion, and acting. The thing about Shakespeare, of course, is that he's such a perspicacious observer of what it is to be human and not least what it is to experience human emotions. Here in four simple lines, he has encapsulated fear and the adjacent need for care and compassion. Just to address one possible issue here. I see Shakespeare's use of the word pity to be akin to what we might now refer to as compassion. These days, the word pity has acquired some negative connotations. We feel that if someone is showing us pity, then perhaps they're being judging, condescending or patronizing. But in Shakespeare's day, Pity meant mercy or care or tenderness or compassion. I'd argue that in this passage, Imogen is seeking compassion. Now, on to exploring fear. We know that the anxious self, that part of our self that experiences fear, can have a whole range of possible feelings, thoughts and physical sensations. And we know that anxious self has a particular focus of attention or particular urges to act. Basically, the anxious self is about threat protection and much of the mental and physical state we find ourselves in is with this motive in mind. It's widely known as the fight flight response or sometimes including the freeze or appease responses. Oftentimes it can be useful to become more closely acquainted with your anxious self, especially if you can do it safely in a safe environment that's comfortable and private. Sometimes we can do this ourselves, slowly and gently, in the comfort of our own homes or some other personal space. Sometimes it can be useful to do it with the support of a therapist. But becoming more acquainted with our anxious self is where we return to Shakespeare and the subject of acting. We can use a method acting approach to become more acquainted with our anxious self. 
we move to sit in a chair and embody that part of ourselves. We bring to mind what it's like to feel and think like the anxious self, how our body posture might look, what we might want to say or do. And then we might stand, shake off that character, move to a different chair where we again get into character, but this time into the character of our compassionate self. Remembering to always bring it back to the body, connecting with compassionate wisdom, strength and stability, and a commitment to be helpful. Bringing to mind what we might feel and think as the compassionate self, how our body and facial expression might look, how we might sound and what we might say or do. Now, something that can be particularly helpful is to begin a conversation between the compassionate self and the anxious self. What might the compassionate self say to the anxious self? We can turn to the other chair and imagine our anxious self sitting there. We reach out, offer words of validation, reassurance and encouragement. We can offer our anxious self that small drop of pity, that compassionate care and support to soothe the fear. It sounds a bit funny to act these things out. It can feel a bit like we're just pretending. But the method acting idea is a really powerful way to bring different aspects of ourselves into awareness and understanding. And with awareness and understanding, we can get better and better at working with these different emotional states. What's it like to enact your anxious self? Or for that matter, what's it like to enact your angry self or your sad self? What's it like to activate your compassionate self and to begin having conversations with the other three? When thinking about having a compassionate conversation with your anxious self, it can often be really helpful to consider what might I say to a friend who's struggling with fear? And how can I say that same kind of thing in that same kind of way to myself when I too struggle with fear? As I mentioned above, sometimes these are practices that can also be done with a therapist in a therapeutically safe environment. However, sometimes it can be a matter of gently starting these conversations with yourself, especially when you feel like you have the right amount of time and space to do so. Imogen was wise because as she was trembling with fear, she knew that what she needed was compassion. We have this same wisdom and we also know that we have certain practices that can allow us to offer compassion to ourselves when we need it too. These are very anxiety-provoking times that we live in at the moment. Everything is different and unfamiliar, and the future still feels very uncertain. It seems very reasonable to me that we all need those small drops of compassion as we make our way. So, 
I wish you all the very best as you tap into your inner Shakespeare and as you continue on your compassionate journey.